Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. So great to have you with me today. Today we're talking about a sweet, sweet topic. Taking yourself on a sabbatical. Maybe you have gone on a retreat. I love retreats. I love going to retreats. I love speaking at retreats. I love women. I love talking about God. I like laughing all night into the night. But this is a little different. This was a retreat that I took just by myself. Last fall, I took myself on a sabbatical. Now, I didn't tell a lot of people. I didn't even tell Mark. I suppose he might have noticed if I didn't come home for dinner, but I didn't go away overnight. And it was my first time. I didn't really know what I was doing. Three days with an empty calendar was uncharted waters. Although it sounded like fun to check into a luxurious hotel or an inn by the sea, it's a, it's a fact I sleep better in my own bed. The point was rest. After all, I was exhausted. I didn't need a solo trek or hike up the Pacific Trail or a monk-like retreat, at least this time. I have friends who've gone to retreat centers where they don't talk for a whole weekend. I suppose that would be more laborious and restful for me, but it was what they needed. But at this time, I just needed some time off. Now, when I was thinking that, the voice in my head checked in more than once. Time off from what? When you work from home and you make your own hours, it's difficult to place value on your work, to feel justified to even take a break. A stay-at-home mom might feel the same. As a mom of young children, I remember feeling like my work was never done, and it wasn't. No, I loved my children. I knew I had the most important job in the world, building a legacy of love and truth into their little lives. But a break was always welcome and often needed. What is it, what is it about being a woman, a mom, a member of God's family, that makes one hesitate to rest when rest is what is best. You don't even have to be a mother or a wife. You're still exhausted because you keep trying to live up to everyone's expectations. I'm not sure. I think we all figure it out in the end, but the end can be too late. The sooner I take rest seriously, plan it into my schedule, the better I love God and others. And isn't that why we're here? When do you know you need a break? Now, if your eyes have glazed over and you've already reached for your credit card to book a one-way ticket to Hawaii with no plans to return, you are way overdue in the rest department. In my efforts to be all I think God wants me to be, responsible, productive, fruit-bearing, a good world citizen, a good room mother, those were the days, a good caretaker of the planet, it takes a college degree these days to know which green or blue bin holds which product made by man or beast. And then there's church work. I love church work. I come from a long line of women who love church work. I think it was just the camaraderie. Wiping pews, stuffing envelopes. My mother was in charge of organizing the missionary Tupperware closet. Now, what church do you know of that has a missionary Tupperware closet? Our church had one. And she was so good at organizing. Later on, when we moved up here, she would come and visit. And I would just hand her my drawer at my Tupperware drawer. And she would fix it up. I miss mom. Hosting the youth group, singing in the choir, these were things that I did. Teaching Sunday school, you name it, you've probably done it, or your mother has. 
God does call me to be responsible and productive, and it gives me great joy. And he wants me to serve him with a cheerful heart. But I get worn out when I forget that his first call is to himself. I don't remember being taught that when I was a child. I had to figure it out on on my own from reading scripture. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. One way to know it's time for a break is to ask yourself, when's the last time I've had nothing to do all day? And your answer is, I can't remember. The psalmist offers some practical advice. Psalm 127.2 reads, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. God is the giver of rest. Now, I like being busy. Friends tell me I have a large capacity for busy, and I don't mean busy for busy's sake. The busier I am, the more I need God's gift of rest, however. Last fall, I had deadlines to meet, people to invite, a podcast to produce, a family to care for. And I thought to myself, I never take time off unless it's a family vacation. And I always need a vacation after a family vacation. You know, vacations can be exhausting. I was on a fast train to Iraq when I decided to take my first ever sabbatical. I didn't hear Jesus say, come to me, Sue, so much as if you don't take time off, no one's going to take it for you. Isn't that the truth? I blocked three days off on the calendar later in the month. When people would say, can you meet on this day? I'd say, no, I'm not available. That's what I meant by blocking off. I didn't know what I would do or how it might look. People ask, will you go on a fast? Will you meditate? Write a book? I shook my head and replied, I don't think so. The point of my agenda will be to have no agenda. It was heaven. How much rest is enough rest? With only some vague ideas of what I would do, I packed a book I've been saving to read and a new notebook. I love new notebooks, something pretty with all the blank pages waiting to be filled. Much like the blank days ahead, my soul needed filling. Not with things to do, rather with Holy Spirit words written with love and grace. I headed to the Pacific Ocean, just a 20-minute drive from us. Pacific means peace. So it made sense to begin my break there. And since it was midweek, tourists were few. I found an empty bench. I watched seals and seagulls. I read my book. I wrote in my journal. I was at rest. Later in the day, I found a sunny restaurant deck, ordered clam chowder, and watched the wide afternoon autumn sky. Not a deadline in my head or a pull on my heart other than to turn the page, jot in the margin, fill in the lines, and listen to God. The next two days followed suit. I woke leisurely, dressed for comfort, made a simple meal for a friend, wandered through some antique stores, continued to read and write and pray. The last morning, I found a window seat in a fancy hotel, and I ordered a giant almond croissant and coffee and made small talk with the seasoned waitress. It was so much fun. I read and I wrote. I mused and I listened to God. When he spoke, I wrote it down. I don't remember things. I have to write things down. Not everything I heard was easy to hear, but wasn't this what I came for? 
one-on-one time with the one who knew and loved me best. I ended up with six confessions. Repentance, another one of God's gifts, is the best kind of rest. Why? It's rest from control. Rest from sin. Sin is exhausting. Controlling everybody's lives is exhausting. Rest from hurry. Rest from self-preservation. Trying to take care of yourself instead of allowing God to do that. It's exhausting. Let me take the control, Sue. It's time. I tear up to think of his tender words. Now I pick three days at random for my sabbatical. You may pick five or a month. You can get away with it. Or a morning. Just an afternoon. You will know. The point is to plan a soul break with nothing on your to-do list except to pick up an empty journal, something pretty, and perhaps order clam chowder in a sourdough bread bowl. I found rest over three days of nothing to do but wander through my day and let peace wash over my soul like the waves on the beach, leaving gold and taking dross. Not one of my three days was monumental in itself, but this is what I learned. First, it's okay to put nothing on the calendar for a span of time. Nothing scheduled, everything gained. Secondly, normal life is noisy, you know that. I can't always hear what God is saying. Hitting the pause button cleans my ears like a giant Q-tip, clearing the waxy clamor of daily demands. Last, taking a rest reminds me of how precious I am to God. I'm always telling other people how precious they are to God. But I needed to hear it for myself. God is the one least impressed by my exhaustion from doing all the right things. And the most surprised that I took so long to figure it out. He loves me. He wanted me to take a break. When my kids were young, on occasion I allowed what we called mental health days, a valid excuse to stay home from school. After a particularly busy season, I decided I needed three mental health days and I didn't feel guilty. I gave myself permission. Maybe some of you listening here today need some permission It's granted, I give it to you. I'm older than you. The signature of the modern woman is guilt and shame and the invisible script on our hearts reads, I'm not enough, so I better keep doing more and working harder. Not a good enough mother or wife or minister of the gospel. I never produce enough, exercise enough, not even love God enough. Now who wrote that critical review? Not God. My friend Kathy Vick likes to call that the bad girlfriend in your head. I was the one holding the sign from that bad girlfriend, and I was the one who needed to take it down. She has no right to tell me those things. Those blank calendar days helped me rewrite my banner. God loves me. He takes great joy in me. Jesus is enough, and that's what matters. He wrote that sign for all of us. He wrote it for you. In Song of Solomon 2.4, it reads, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. The banner wasn't criticism. The banner was love. Taking myself on sabbatical brought me to a much-needed banquet of rest and a rewritten banner of love. I read about a certain British husband who heard that his wife planned to go on a retreat for a few days. 
He smiled and readily agreed. Go, my dear, go by all means. You're just about due for a spot of rebirth. Perhaps you're long overdue for a spot of rebirth. As women, many clamor for our attention, but we also have clamorings within. We have children clamoring. We have adult children calling us. We have parents. We have friends. We have ministries all clamoring, but we have clamorings within. I can drown in my own set of demands and expectations and to do this that I put on myself. But God did not create me to drown, nor you. He created me to abide. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, Jesus said, John 15, 9. Now, rest isn't a reward for good behavior. Rest is a normal sequence of events like summer break from school or the sun going down at night. God worked hard for six days at creation, then rested on the seventh. Jesus took naps even in a storm. I love that story. Neither said, as soon as I do one more miracle or create one more species of mosquitoes, I will give myself a little reward and take a power nap. Holly Girth wrote, rest is a sacred act in a worn out world. Don't you just love that line? I'm gonna say it again. Rest is a sacred act in a worn out world. That's from her new book on introverts. Get that book, it's divine and I'm not even an introvert. I invite you to schedule a sacred rest. I'll give you permission. After sharing the results of my three day break with a trusted friend, she asked, so when will you do it again? Oh my gosh, I had no intention of ever doing it again. I was so startled when she said that. I said, you mean I should do it again? She smiled, I think you should go on sabbatical once a quarter. Wow, so I planned a second one. I needed permission. Perhaps you do as well. I just wrote about it in my blog, I'll link that. Funny enough, God knew what was coming. I, I wasn't sure whether I would be taking a sabbatical, this was in January, but I was uh, having my quiet time. This year I'm going through my utmost for his highest by Oswald Chambers again. And I hadn't done it for a few years day by day, but I just, you know, when you don't know what to do, you just do, you trust God and you do the next thing. Actually, he said that. And uh, I saw so I opened it, the date was January 25th. I know that because I have the book sitting right here in front of me. So I opened up to January 25th in my quiet time, I had my coffee, I'm in my red plaid chair. I opened up the book and guess what the title was for that devotional? Leave Room for God. <laughs> I just laughed. I thought, Wow. I think I'm supposed to do this. I'll read a couple lines. As workers for God, he wrote, we have to learn to make room for God, to give God elbow room. Keep your life so constant in its contact with God that his surprising power may break out on the right hand and on the left. Always be in a state of expectancy and see that you leave room for God to come in as he likes. And I wrote in the margin, God is a surprising God. Well, we'll never know that. We'll never even know he's knocking on our door if we don't take some time to rest. Okay, I'm going to list uh, 10, 10 simple steps to taking a sabbatical. And don't worry about writing them down. I'm going to put them in show notes. Number one, put it on the calendar. That seems obvious, but you know what? That was probably the most important step. Number two, design what works for you. An afternoon, an overnight, a week away. Trade kids with somebody else if you need to do that. Number three, leave your planner at home or in the next room. Number four, put your phone on mute. That could be the hardest one. Five, pack lunch if you need to save money, a snack, or make a reservation for one. 
Six, take a book that you've been wanting to read and a blank journal, a pretty one. Seven, read scripture in the first person or rewrite scripture back to God. I love uh, the devotional Face-to-Face by Kenneth Boa. That's um, reading scripture in the first person. Number eight, set the scene. Do something or set a scene that you like. Make it pretty. Let's say you can't get away, but you can make your environment pretty with a candle or go to the ocean if you can or the mountains, flowers, walking in the meadow, whatever you like. Look out for poison ivy. That can really ruin a sabbatical. Number nine, listen to God. And if needed, rewrite your banner of love. Last, number 10, plan your next sabbatical and put it on the calendar. Okay, let me know if you do this, if you are encouraged to do this, or if you have any questions, you can um, email me when I put this on my blog. I would love to talk to you about it. This has worked for me twice now. And according to my mentor, I need to do it four times a year. I'm not sure I'll get those in, but why not? I need to leave room for God. And so do you. Have a great day. Bye. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.